Good morning. It's nice to be here with you all this morning. If you're online and you're joining us this morning, welcome. Thank you for joining us. It's lovely to have you on board the school bus this morning. <laughs> My name is Tony Aldred. And here at Door of Hope, we are journeying together through a series called Made for More. And we've been journeying together through the book of 2 Timothy, a book that was written by Paul to his good mate Timothy to encourage him in his faith. Do you need a bit of encouragement in your faith this morning? Would that be nice? I can always take a bit of extra encouragement in my faith, yeah? So let's be encouraged together this morning through the words of Paul to his good mate Timothy. And we're going to journey together in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 20 to 21. And this morning I'll be reading from the Message Bible. So if you have your Bible, that's all good. You want to pull it out? We're in 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. Paul is writing to Timothy to encourage him in his faith, and he writes these words. In a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets, some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. Let's take a look at that again, yeah? In a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Become. Say the word become. Now look at your neighbour and say, become. Now try the other side and see if you get a better response. Become. <laughs> Paul is writing to Timothy to encourage him in his faith. He's saying, Timothy, you were made for more. You were made to become something. And we here this morning, we were made for more too. And this morning, we are being encouraged to become something. What are we being encouraged to become? The kind of container or person that God can use to present any and every kind of gift to whose guests? To his guests, not mine. Not yours, but his. To his guests for their absolute annoyance. No? Not annoyance. No? Uh, what about frustration? No? Probably not? No? What about sadness? <laughs> their sheer sadness. No? For their what? For their blessing. Who wants to be a blessing? Well, we need to become something this morning so that we can be a blessing. So I have two questions for us this morning. What kind of container is it that we need to become and how do we become it? So I offer you this morning for your contemplation the Royal Albert. The Royal Albert 
is the elite in tableware. On the tableware continuum, the Royal Albert is down the top end, would it not be? It sits alongside brands like Armani. <laughs> Didn't even know they made tableware, but there you go. Divine, Harrods, Kate Spade, whoever she is, Lennox, Port Miriam, Ralph Lauren, Tiffany, Royal Dalton, Sanderson, Versace, I just like saying that word, Villaroy and Bach, and Wedgwood. This is the best. This is the creme de la creme of tableware, love. This is exclusive. And because it's exclusive, it's set aside for our high society, for our first class. The Queen's got to come to dinner, love, before I'll get this out. And so where does this dear thing spend most of its life? In the cupboard, collecting dust. This dear thing was made for more. It was made to be used, but it's too good. It's too good to be used. So it sits in the cupboard and it collects dust. Now, I'm not sure that this was the kind of container that Paul had in mind for Timothy when he said, I want you to become the kind of container that God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. I don't think elite, too good, was what Paul had in mind. So if Royal Albert is the top elite of the tableware continuum, what's down the bottom? I give you the napkin. This is how the napkin works. Napkin. Bread. Sausage. Onions. Tomato sauce. Mustard, if you're that way inclined, and there you go. All good. I have seen it used like this, too. Napkin. Cake. There you go. I'm not sure that this was what Paul had in mind for Timothy when he said, become the kind of container that God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. Why? Because it's cheap. It's inexpensive. It's completely disposable. It's easily obtained. Was that what Paul had in mind for Timothy? Yes, it might service your sausage really well. But if I was to cook a roast with all the trimmings, and if you were to put a bit of gravy over that... I think we'd have trouble. Yes? So I think this poor napkin probably in the tableware continuum feels quite inferior. Yes? A little bit like it lacks value because it's quite limited really in what it can do and what it can service. So if Royal Albert is my elite and the napkin is, well, down the bottom of the end of the tableware continuum, what would be in the middle, do you think? It is the Maxwell and Williams white basic plate. Is this the kind of container that Paul had in mind for Timothy when he said, become the kind of container that God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing? My poor tongue. At first glance, you might say yes. Absolutely, Tony, that can do my sausage quite nicely on there. It could even do the roast. But take another look at this plate. What is this plate? This plate is a product of mass production, which is the manufacture of large quantities of standardized products frequently using assembly line technology. It refers to the process of creating large numbers of similar products efficiently. 
I ask you, is this what Paul had in mind for Timothy when he said, become the kind of container that God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing? Did Paul really want Timothy to look like everyone else? To be of a standard size? I mean, look at this dear plate. It's so perfectly round and white. It has no soul. It has no character or personality. It's just white. I don't believe that this was the kind of container that Paul had in mind for Timothy when he said become the kind of container that God can use to bless people with, with any and every kind of blessing. So if it's not the Maxwell Williams, if it's not the Royal Albert, and if it's not the napkin, then what was it? If Paul didn't want Timothy to be elite, too good to be used, if he didn't want him to feel inferior and lacking value, and if he didn't want him to be like everybody else, what did he have in mind? Because we have been made for more. So I give you this beautiful handmade ceramic plate. This plate was lovingly made by a couple of local artists, ceramic artists, they're called Marley and Lockyer. Marley does all of the ceramic work, and she loves to make beautiful tableware so that people can eat off of something that looks fabulous. So she is an artist, and she gets inspired by things, and she has a dream for something, and she wants to make it. She wants to craft it and create it so people can be blessed by it. So she gets out her clay and she moulds it and she makes it into what she wants it to be and then she embosses it with different patterns and shapes and things. And she glazes it and fires it and then she wraps it up beautifully so that people can buy them. Each one is different because each one is uniquely handmade. Marley is personally involved in the formation of each item that she creates for the table. Now, in Genesis 2, 7, it says that God formed man out of dirt from the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. The man came alive, a living soul. Marley was personally involved in the formation of this plate, and God was personally involved in my formation. He went to a lot of effort to make me. He had a dream and a vision. He had a desire. He wanted good for me. He wanted me to look really good on the table so that I could be a blessing for someone. He takes a lot of pride in me. He cared about me. He wants the best for me. He wanted me. And I think that's the kind of container that Paul had in mind for Timothy when he said, become the kind of container that God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. So how do I become this plate? How? I have three things for us this morning. Firstly, 
Have you received or do you wear your maker's mark? Every plate wears its creator's mark. And so should we. You were created by an artist, by a God that loves you. And he wants the very best for you. And he wants to put you on the table and look at you because he loves you. And he formed you. He was personally involved. And he would love it if you would wear his mark. He wants you to become a part of his kitchen, his community, his home, and his family. And all you have to do is receive that. All you have to do is receive his goodness for you and wear his mark proudly. So firstly, do you wear your maker's mark? Secondly, are you content to just be? This plate is just being what it is. It's just being how it is. It's not trying to twist itself up into being a sugar bowl or a teapot. It's just what it is. It hasn't gone out and got itself some sequins or some feathers or a bit of scray, gold spray paint so that it could compete with the Royal Albert. It's not trying to be anything more than what it is. It just is. So firstly, do you wear your maker's mark? And secondly, are you content to just be? And thirdly, this plate is clean. Most of us would really like to eat off of a clean plate, wouldn't we? We would be a little bit kind of grossed out if we went to somebody's house and they kind of got a dirty plate and they kind of set it up for us and then they put tea on there and we were sort of invited to eat. Most of us would be a little hesitant, wouldn't we not? We would be a little bit like, maybe if I just eat the top bit, that might be safe. But I think I might just, I don't think I'll go any further than that. Most of us want to eat off of a clean plate, and this is a clean plate. So how do I become clean, or am I clean already? Well, to answer that question, we're going to have to have a little bit of a skip into the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, we find the Israelites camped at the bottom of Mount Sinai. They're in their tents in the desert there, the bottom of this mountain. And Moses is getting some instructions from God. He gets two things. He gets the law, and he also gets these really cool tent designs. You see, because God's moving into the neighborhood. God has always wanted to live and dwell amongst his people. And here at Mount Sinai, God is moving into the neighborhood. But for God to move in, he kind of needs his own special tent. And that kind of special tent needs its own special kind of furniture. And that kind of tent also needs special people to work in it. And those people are going to need special garments. So God gives Moses the instructions. I want you to make my tent. It's going to be this big. It's going to look like this. And I need this kind of furniture because this is how I like to decorate it. And I'm going to need these people to work in it. And they're going to need to wear these special garments. Yeah? So Moses gets these instructions and he takes them to the artists and the craftsmen and says, we've got to make all this stuff for God because he's moving in. So the artists get busy and they create all of this stuff. They create all the tableware. And they get it all set up and all ready. But before God can move in, there's a teeny problem. 
You see, the problem is, is that God is holy. He can't help it. That's just how he is. He's holy. And he can only live and dwell and use things that are holy. If he comes into contact with something that's not holy, it usually burns, which is not kind of a good idea for, you know, it's not kind of safe for the tableware or for the people that are going to work in this tent. So God wants to be there and he wants to be there safe and he wants everybody to safe with him. So he says, what we're going to do is we're going to do this. I want you to get some anointing oil and I want you to get all the tent, all the poles and all the weavings and everything and I want you to get all the tableware and all the furniture and I want you to anoint it with oil. And that's going to set it apart and make it holy so that I can be with it, dwell with it, use it. It's all going to be good. But the people that are going to work there, well, we kind of need to do something a little bit extra with them. And we read about this in Exodus chapter 40, verses 12 to 13. It says this. You ready? Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and wash them with water. You shall put the holy garments on Aaron and anoint him and consecrate him that he may minister to me as priest. So for the people that were going to work in this tent and be there, there was a couple of things that had to happen, right? They had to have a bath. After having a bath, they could get dressed, which is probably a good thing. Then they could be anointed, and then they were going to be what's consecrated or set apart or sanctified. They were going to be clean and holy so that God could dwell with them and they could be used by God. Yeah? So for Aaron to become the kind of container that God could use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing, he would need a bath, he would need to get dressed, he would need to be anointed, and then he would be consecrated, sanctified, set apart, ready for God to use and dwell with. So how do I become like Aaron? In a moment, you and I are going to take communion together. So if the people who are organized this morning to distribute communion, can you please do that for me? And what I would really love you to do when you get your communion, if you could just hold on to it just for a minute, we're all going to take it together this morning, yeah? And if it is at all possible that I could get some too, that would be really good. I don't want to miss out. So how do I become like Aaron? When you choose to receive your maker's mark, you go through a salvation process. And one of the things that's a part of that salvation process is this great thing called baptism. Now, doesn't baptism involve water? And wasn't the first thing that Aaron had to do was have a bath? So baptism is this process that we go through in the salvation process where, you see, this plate in the beginning was in a completely different kitchen. To begin with, this plate was in a kitchen where the head chef was called death or the devil or Satan or Lucifer, whatever you want to call him. And in his kitchen, he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. It's not a very nice kitchen to be a part of. 
And you don't have to look too far in our world today to see that, unfortunately, in our world around us, there is destruction everywhere. And where there is destruction and death and stealing, there is a mess. And it gets on everything. It touches everything. And so at one time, this plate was covered in muck or sin. But this plate has said, I want to wear my maker's mark. I don't want to be in this kitchen anymore. I want to wear my maker's mark and be a part of my maker's kitchen. So this, ma- this plate goes through the waters of baptism. It's like the huge, big heaven dishwasher. So it goes into the waters of baptism or into the heaven's dishwasher and comes out the other side. Now, if something has gone through the dishwasher, what is it? It's what? You're not convinced. What is it? It's clean. It's clean. It's clean. Romans 6, 1 to 5. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If you've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can you still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize that we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into a new country of grace, a new life in a new land. And that's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we are going in our new grace-sovereign country. You are in a completely different kitchen now. And that water has made you, what was that? Clean. Something else happens in the water. Aaron had to be have a bath, then he could get dressed. Yeah? Galatians 3, 25, 27. But now you have arrived at your destination. Ah! By faith in Christ, you are in direct relationship with God. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe, Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. (laughs) In the water, you get dressed. With what? Christ's life. How good's that? How good's that? You're not just clean. You're like, shing, clean. When God looks at you and you pop out the other side, he looks at you and he says, wow, Tony, deep as you look like my son. Because I am now in Christ. I am robed in his life. And I reckon Jesus was much bigger than me. So I reckon from about here down, there's, you can't see any of me, and I reckon I even have floppy bits on my hands, you know? I am in Christ. I have been clothed in Christ. Everything Christ is, I am. How good's that? 
Is that clean or what? So I would love for you to grab your communion right now. And I would love for you to stand to your feet. Because I really think we should give thanks for that. Because we did nothing to deserve that. It is only through Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross and through his body that was broken that that's made possible. Jesus looks at God, looks at you, and he sees you and then he sees his son. You are clean and holy. That old life, that old kitchen has gone and you are now new, in a new kitchen, in a new world. And I would love for you right now to open your mouth and give thanks to your maker for cleaning you and wrapping you up in Jesus' life. So just take a moment to give thanks for what you have been given. Just receive it as a gift this morning and then eat and drink. Father God, I just give thanks this morning. I give thanks this morning for what you did that through your blood and through your body that was shed and broken on the cross, you say I'm clean. You say I'm holy. You look at me and you see your son. I just thank you so much for that gift. I didn't do anything to deserve it. You just did it for me in the waters of baptism. I'm so grateful for that. Amen. Amen. How good's that? How good's that? Amen. You can be seated. We're almost there. And with all this talk of food, you're probably hungry. So I've had a bath in the waters of baptism. I'm now wearing Jesus' life. And now we need the anointing. The anointing, the anointing oil so often is illustrative of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who is God the Holy Spirit who comes into my life to dwell with me and is so important. He's that important that before the disciples went out into their ministry, Jesus said, wait, wait for the Holy Spirit to come, then go. The Holy Spirit plays a very important role in our lives. The Holy Spirit comes into our world to bless us, to protect us, to empower us, to bring the gift so that I have something to serve, 
teaches us, comforts us, directs us, guides us, and also helps us in the ongoing holy development. Because when I came out of the water wearing Jesus' life, it was probably a bit big, you know, like a kid putting on daddy's jacket. Jesus' life is something that I grow into. It is an ongoing process because I live now in a completely different community, a completely different kitchen. And this community lives by very different values, very different values to the kitchen of death. And it takes me a little while to learn how to fit in that kitchen, how to wear Jesus' life. Jesus himself went through this process before he himself went into ministry. It says in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 to 22, when all the people were baptised, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptised. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. Jesus himself, before he went into ministry, had a bath, got dressed in himself, because he was himself. He was then anointed by the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And now he was ready to go. He was ready to go out. And we, we hear Jesus say in the tabernacle just after he has been baptized, in Luke 4, 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus himself was baptized, robed in himself, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. He is now ready to go. He is consecrated, sanctified, holy, set apart, ready to go, ready to be served up, ready to be used by God and to dwell with God. He's ready to go. And so are we. We are also if we have been through the waters of baptism, wearing Jesus' life, anointed by the Holy Spirit, ready to go. We're ready to go. Now, I know I can hear you all thinking, and if it hasn't caught up to you yet, I know it will by the time you get to lunch. But Tony, if I serve that plate up, isn't it just going to get dirty again? Yeah? Absolutely it is. Absolutely, it's going to end up with crumbs on it again. If you've served up a roast and it's been a bit of gravy yet, there's probably going to be a bit of a gravy schmear on there. In fact, if you served up something and it was really delicious, the person probably did this to you. And now you are wearing someone else's slobber. And what are you going to do with that? You are going to come back to the Holy Spirit. You are going to come back to your maker and you're going to say, oh, I'm coming in someone else's over. I've got a few crumbs on me. And the Holy Spirit's going to go, it's all right. Let's sort it out. 
There you go. It's all good. Or he might do this to you. It's what mums do, isn't it? There you go. You're all good. Don't let a few crumbs stop you. Don't let a bit of gravy smear stop you. Don't let somebody else's slobber stop you from being a blessing to people. Because that's what you were created for. Yes, the plate is going to get grotty again. Yes, it is because I am growing up into my life here in Jesus. It's something I'm growing into. And yes, I come in contact with other people that are also growing into their life of Christ. And it's going to get a bit sticky sometimes. But just come back to the Holy Spirit. Just come back to your maker. Put yourself back in his hands. Let him clean you up and go again. Because you were made for more. You were created to be a blessing. And we would so much love to be blessed by you. So be brave and put yourself out there. Because we would love to see what delicious, yummy delight you may have to serve up for us. I hope you were encouraged today, my friends, in your faith through the words of Paul to Timothy. God bless you today. Amen.